Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Fourth and Frames. I'm your host, Rhett Manuel. I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Battistel and Drew Scott. Tonight, we drive, in, we dive into our second Superflex rookie mock draft of the season. We'll figure out who's up, who's down, and where we think they stand right now with our special guest, Michael Bauer of Dynasty Rewind, also Tyler Howell and, Fanta- and Jorge Edwards of Fantasy and Frames. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get it popping. For everybody that has joined us tonight, we thank you so much for making time with us tonight. It's been a couple weeks, you know, we took a little break, but me, Chris, and Drew are back, and we have a special guest with us tonight, our man, Michael Bauer from Dynasty Rewind. My man, what's going up? How, what's going on? How you doing? Gentlemen, thank you so much for having me here. It's always an honor to be on with the Fantasy and Frames crew. Happy to be here, and again, thank you. I appreciate it. Dude, we're so lucky to have you tonight. So fantastic. Looking forward to it. Jorge, Tyler, been a while, fellas. How y'all doing? Man, doing I, I couldn't be better. Yeah, I, I'm ready to go. We just had a great show on Dynasty 365 with Stacey Perez. And uh, I believe there was a request by uh, Mr. Rewind CEO himself or Tyler Heil to take off his shirt during the draft. So oh. let's go, buddy. We don't, we don't got all night. Let's do this. <laughs> no, I, I don't want to get Mike to have a divorce or something. So I'll keep it on. <laughs> You know, I don't want to get a divorce tonight, so I too am fortunate that you're keeping your shirt on. But, uh, <laughs> Michael, man, it's so great to have you. So the first thing I want to ask you is, you know, you're one of these guys that you've been in this uh, industry for a while. Dinosaur Rewind doing great. Great show to listen to. Subscribe to that if you haven't yet. But I wanted to ask you a couple questions. First off, uh, man, what made you fall in love with fantasy football and more, specific, more specifically the Dynasty format? Yeah. Um, you know, fantasy, it, believe it or not, my dad was the one that pushed me into it. He said, Hey, you think you know everything about football? Why don't you play this fantasy football that I heard so much about? Um, so I did. And then, uh, you know, the season was over. You just kind of always felt like you were missing out on something. You had that great roster and, um, you hate to see it go. Cause you would always be thinking about, Oh, if I just did this or that, and I had these players still it could be so much better next year. And I found out about dynasty. And uh, yeah, the rest is kind of history. The we're coming up on our what's it, twenty twenty four? Yeah, so we're coming up on our five year anniversary in a couple months. Hard to believe that it's been that long, but um, yeah, May it'll be five years of the Dynasty Rewind. What a huge honor! Congratulations, That's fantastic! Yeah, thank awesome. you. So now I have to ask you the question. You know, Dynasty is what you do on a weekly basis with your show, but I need to know what's your favorite format outside of Dynasty. You have to choose a second one. CDC, yeah. Oh, Cabas the Ken. Yeah, easily CDC. Chris's night. If if you're asking me to join a league and it's not a C2C from here on out, I'm not interested. Um, you know what, John? I don't want to hear from you, man. You, talk about circling <laughs> the wagons with somebody when it comes to trading. You will spend four days trading with John McGlynn, and the trade ends up being what the initial trade offer was anyway, because it's the easiest way to make it stop. Um, so yeah, C2C, I love it. Um, I actually, if it was up to me, I would just talk about college and college prospects all the time. Um, that is my, 
that is my jam as the youths like to say but for the you. purpose of the algorithm and youtube <laughs> we do talk we stick to generally dynasty formatting content talking about that stuff so because um, c2c is still kind of a niche it's not as big as myself yeah. and chris obviously would like it to be yeah i'm yes, a salary cap dynasty guy myself so i understand the niche qualities of yeah, loving something that not many people love but uh speaking of your show dynasty rewind uh go ahead and recap a couple of these last few episodes that you've done what you guys been going over lately um well i could go back to our spotify for podcasters by the way if you ever want to start a podcast use spotify for podcasters i'm not being paid to say that but once you get the followers and stuff like that they do monetize you um so the episode that came out today was dynasty trade targets for every position so nate and i each had a trade target obviously quarterback running back wide receiver tight end and then Friday is going to be buy low stashes to buy now. So you get to hear me talk about Jalen Hyatt. And then uh, Monday's episode is going to be players to avoid and sell at all costs. And of course, not to push too much, but if you head over to our Patreon, Nate and I do a show every week. We've got about three shows a week right now. It usually picks up more in season because we do have uh, some best ball and stuff over there like that. So um, yeah, that's what we got going on currently. And then YouTube, we have five days a week right now. And then the other two, um episodes that are dropping are on the youtube they're not on the podcast feed but right now we're doing mock draft monday um that was this past week i think that'll be a weekly thing probably until after the draft for a while so you can look forward to that you can mock with the frames crew monday morning at 8 a.m you could come see a dynasty rewind mock um i think we're starting to do five round mocks probably this upcoming week Dude, that's that's awesome. Love that. So um, before we go ahead and get into this mock draft that we planned tonight, this three-round super flex, our second one of the offseason, let's go around the frames real quick. And first thing I want to start off with is this. The NFL Combine is coming up this weekend. Let's go around the frames. Mike, I want to ask you first, what are you most excited about? Who are you most excited to see perform at the Combine this weekend? Who are you open breaks out? Who are you going to think might bust a little bit? Just things like that. So personally, I love the offensive lineman drills the most. I just love watching those big guys try to move. But I'm hoping that Tez Walker can have a better combine than he had senior bowl. And you know what? <laughs> the senior bowl, I understand that his stock went down. It wasn't all his fault. There needs to be some reevaluation of how the senior bowl is done. And here's why. You have these guys, they go, they have a good week of practice, and then they dip. They don't want to have bad game. They don't want to get hurt. I get that. Now you had a team, the one that Tez Walker was on, only three healthy wide receivers. The dude's gassed. He's out there. He's running every route. He's running sprints for 40 minutes or 30 minutes, however long they had it. He's dropping balls out there. He was tired. I get it. So they need to have some reserves in, maybe some guys that played in the Shrine Bowl or the Hula Bowl, something like that, just some guys that can come up and, and kind of get in there as well. But I'm hoping that Tez Walker is a riser. And I'd love to see Cody Schrader do some drills as well. And also, hey, quarterbacks, if you're going to get paid to throw the ball, throw at the combine. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, you, John. what are you looking forward to, man? Combine. I just want to see the running back unit as a whole. I want to see them all go through the drills to find which ones are going to stand out above the class because as the consensus is right now, there's really no running backs going in the first round of rookie drafts so uh being able to pinpoint that one guy that i can grab and maybe at the back end of the first uh, that's what i'm looking forward to so give me the running backs tyler i'm honestly it's kind of a cop-out answer 
but I want to see a lot of these wide receivers run as 40. From the film that I've watched, guys like Brian Thomas, Troy, Troy Franklin, they can fly. I want to see if they can get in those mid to low four threes because they were moving on film. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. Um, Jorge, and then I'm going to switch it up for you a little bit, Drew. Go ahead. What do you look forward to the combine? No, uh, I'm, I'm with Chris here. I, I want to see the running backs. I want to see Jalen Wright just dominate every single metric that he needs to dominate this year because he's, you know, spoiler alert over on our ranking, rookie rankings over at Fantasy and Frames. He's my RB2. I just love him so much. So I, I just want to see that justified at the combine this week. Andrew, let's switch it up. Who do you think has the most approved of the combine this coming weekend? Most approved? Um, I guess the quarterbacks that are actually going to throw the ball because I, I mean, the, the guys that, you know, that we, the guys that I'd like to see, sounds like we're not going to get to see. So I guess the quarterbacks that are actually going to throw the ball kind of gives them a chance to, to put on a show and put some, sp- some spotlight on the guys that are actually tossing the ball. Like yeah, Michael Phoenix. Phoenix, not penis, but Phoenix. Yeah. Um, that's been my running joke all off season. And I apologize for my juvenile humor, but Jorge, you did it. Not me tonight. So you're the boss. If you're approving of it, then I'm just going to go ahead and keep rolling. Oh yeah. That's it's also the wall. <laughs> get it? Oh yeah. I get it. Nice stuff. So uh, one more thing I want to ask is there a rumor circulating tonight um, and today on social media that Justin Fields to the Atlanta Falcons may be a thing that's happening. So, Michael, I need to ask you really quickly, is this smoke and mirrors or do you think this is something that is actually in the works? Well, the girl I dated after high school, Katie, said she was never going to break up with me and I'm married to someone named Jenna. So it's all smoke and mirrors until we see it happen. (laughs) It has not yet happened. You know, people put a lot of they put a lot of thought into narratives that they see on Twitter. Like uh, you guys were talking about the running back class um, and how it's bad. No, the running back class is not bad. I think I figured out the reason why everyone says the running back class is bad. And that's because of the fact that we don't have the bona fide running back one, like we did last year with B. John Robinson. So, us being impatient, we don't want to wait until the NFL draft tells us who the running back one is. But until I see Justin Fields in an Atlanta Falcons uniform, I'm not going to believe it. I'm just not. However, for his sake, I hope he gets that fresh start, fresh start, be it in Atlanta, be it in. I had heard that there was some rumors with Pittsburgh. That seems a little bit less likely, to be honest with you. Um, but I would love that in Atlanta. You get rid of Arthur Smith, you get a better quarterback in there. Wheels up. I'm still going to hate Drake London, though. <laughs> oh, man. Because I can. I was I with you all just... the way to the end, and you just <laughs> right in the heart. <laughs> Sorry, boy. Sorry. So, yeah, there is a lot of things going on. Also seeing people throw it around tonight on social media is like, is Justin Fields that much better than De- uh, Desmond Ritter? Yes. I will answer that for you. Yes, absolutely. God, yeah. He is oh, better Lord. than Desmond Ritter. This is the stupidest thing I've heard all week. But speaking of things that are not stupid, ladies and gentlemen, if you head over to fantasydata.com and use the promo code Fantasy and Friends, you can get 20% off of your monthly subscription some of the most useful fantasy football data and metrics out there to help you become a better content creator or fantasy football player. Once again, fantasydata.com, 20% off using the code fantasy and frames. Guys, let's get, get into why we are here tonight. Uh, we want to uh, go ahead and bless these people with our second rookie mock draft of the season. We're planning to go super, super flex to make these rules clear. Um, a half t- half point per reception for tight ends. So there is a slight tight end premium as well. 
But ultimately, what we want to do is just kind of give people a little bit of enlightenment and ready to go on that. So you guys ready to go? Let's do it. Let's All do right. It. So starting off on the clock, we have our man Shia LaBeouf, and he is sitting there, and we are. Off, he Bro, starts off like shocker. Good start. <laughs> Reach. <laughs> Reach. <laughs> this next pick, I mean, it's pretty. I'm not gonna say it's easy. Jaden Daniels has built up quite the reputation for himself over the past month or past, I would say five months, uh, to possibly either be that QB one for some, the elite rushing upside. But I'm gonna take the guy here. Some call him Marvelous. Some call him Maserati. I call him Moped because he's just so much fun. And that's Marvin Harrison. So Marvin Harrison, wide receiver one for me. Should be wide receiver one for you as well. But at the 102, easy pick. No one sets up a player like you, Chris. I just got to say. Tyler, let's go ahead and ask the question. Um, what's the uh, speculation behind the Jaden Daniels versus Drake May thing in your mind? I wasn't going to ask Jorge, but he's not completely out on Drake May. So I want to ask someone who's a little less than biased on this. Uh, tell me why people might be buying into the Jaden Daniels thing like we just saw at 1-3. Uh, I think people are buying into the Jaden Daniels just because of his season, you know? And, and everyone is always, always, always chasing that fantasy football cheat code. You know, they, they see it, they see athleticism on a quarterback and they just get all hot and bothered. And they're like, oh, this guy is going to run for a thousand yards and pass for 3,500 yards, just like uh, Jalen Hurts. Whereas maybe, uh, you know, those guys aren't as <laughs> prolific as you think they are. There's not as many of them as you think there are, especially when a guy is built like Jaden Daniels. So uh, that is absolutely the reason why people are so into Jaden Daniels right now. His, I mean, he won the Heisman and he ran for, I think it was almost 1,200 yards. So everyone's chasing that. They're chasing the dragon on the fantasy football cheat code. Yeah. And Mike, I want to ask you, you just took Drake May at 104 after we were just having this discussion. Did you get your guy at 104 or, you do, or do you uh, prefer Daniels? No, I prefer Drake May. If I was at the 103, I would have taken Drake May and Jaden Daniels. If you look at his stats over his collegiate career, five years, um, really only had one spectacular year, and there's this last year. Mm -hmm. I'm concerned, and I understand people talk about his rushing upside and all that stuff. That's great. But the way he runs concerns me. He does not protect himself well enough. He leaves himself open and susceptible to some really big hits. You know who else did that too that I was concerned about? Matt Corral. The guy was CTE waiting to happen, and if Jane Daniels keeps running the way that he does, it's going to be the same thing. He's a smaller frame guy. He takes way too many big hits. Not going to lie, though, uh, because it's a half-point tight end PPR. Uh, sorry, tight end premium. It was between Drake May and Brock Bowers at the 104 there for me. Um, in reality, if the, you know, I could have picked a different draft spot when I came into the draft. If I had the 104 and I didn't like it, I would have traded back a spot or two, try to get extra capital and get Brock Bowers. So if you could turn the 104 into Brock Bowers and an additional second round pick, I'm all about that. Yeah, and I see we had at uh, the 107, we had Roma Dunze, 108, Tyler Brick in my heart. I was trying to see if I can get Brian Thomas 
at the 109. That couldn't happen. I think Tyler had a little insider information that, that he was trying to roll with. But um, at the 109, guys, I'm going to have some fun. I'm going to go ahead and explain why. Let's go ahead and take this third QB off the board with J.J. McCarthy. Poor this, this is just a guy that I think ultimately at the combine this weekend is going to see his stock rise. If he throws, I think he's probably going to impress some people. Now, I will say this. Is there a chance there might be a little Zach Wilson syndrome going on right here? Based off of the fact that he is a young guy, could show off a big arm, has some athleticism. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, with J.J. McCarthy, without a landing spot right now, um, it's a little murky to know. But I think in a super flex format like this, um, having a guy that is almost surely going to go in the first round is a safe bet here at the 109. The 110, uh, Adumbly picked uh, Troy Franklin. So far, five receivers off the board in the first round. There's no shocker there with that, huh, Chris? No, no shocker at all. From February, from our first uh, mock in January till now, uh, it's been quarterback, wide receiver heavy, uh, mixed with Brock Bowers pretty much right there in the middle. So far, other than the J.J. McCarthy pick, it's been pretty chalk. Um, well, until Jorge decided to throw a um, oh, fine ointment here. That. Jorge, Jorge, you went ahead and you just you did the thing, my man. Go ahead, Lad McConkey, one eleven. Talk us into it. Look, he plays predominantly on the outside. His yards per run last year three point six two. That's right below the league neighbors, right above Troy Franklin. Yes, the passing volume wasn't there. Georgia didn't really pass the ball a lot, so we're really going off of efficiency and practice reports. We saw at the Senior Bowl, him just get tons of separation against any cornerback who he lined up against. Again, I'm thinking about this from a fantasy perspective. You get him in a situation where you have an established environment. Um, you know, he's not going to be the the savior wide receiver of a team. He's not going to be your neighbors or your Harrison. You, you know, so I think the likelihood that he lands in a spot that's probably will establish with offensive weapons and a quarterback uh, can only help with his uh, – you know, with his upside. So I'm definitely going to shoot for him there. And, uh, you know, again, there's other wide receivers there out there that I was thinking about, but I just like what he does efficiency uh, wise, which is why I took him at uh, the 111. All right. And so at the one at the 112, we had time run out right here. So I'm going to say um, here late in this first round, I'm going to go ahead and go with my rankings and I'm going to go with a guy who I think is going to be a proven separator at the league in the league. You know, there's some com, some concerns with Keon Coleman. He has the great size. He has the great X upside. But at the end of the day, I just think that Xavier Worthy projects better, especially with where the league is going at this point. So to recap that first round, we had Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, Malik Neighbors, Brock Bowers, Roma Dunze, Brian Thomas, J.J. McCarthy, Troy Franklin, Ladd McConkey, and Xavier Worthy around and got that first round. Drew, I have to ask you, any real shockers in that first round for you? Uh, no, not too much. It was pretty chalk. I mean, my, the, my top 10 players went off the board with the first 10 picks. Um, I've got Ladd down a little bit farther, but he's in the same tier as Xavier Worthy and a bunch of guys that haven't been picked yet. So, I mean, he's even though it wasn't in the order I would have taken it, Ladd's in the tier of guys that were at at this point. So even that one's not a big shocker to me. So, no, I think it's pretty chalk for the most part. And picking off, starting off that second round, Shia LaBeouf, by the way, loved you and Even Stevens. I will I will ram that joke home all night. Keon Coleman at the top of the second round. Um, guys, how important um, – let's go ahead and ask you, Tyler, how important is Keon's performance at the combine this weekend for determining his draft side? Because the chatter right now 
is that he's not much of a separator. Can he do something good for his stock this weekend? Is it boom or bust at the combine or what? I don't know if the combine is going to affect him too much. I mean, he just needs to go out there and have a solid performance, you know, not drop a bunch of balls in the gauntlet and run some decent times, which I think we all know he's going to. He's he's an athletic guy. Uh, he does really well when he's just running straight down the field. Uh, you know, some of, it, some of his uh, routes aren't ideal, so it would be nice to see him show some change of direction there in the short shuttle and the three cone. But overall, I – don't think he's really going to kill himself at the combine, barring the, uh, you know, the outlier times where he just runs a four eight for some ungodly reason. Right, and so we have Chris Battistel here at the two o two. He's currently going through a flash freeze watch up in Canada right now, so we don't know if he's going to make this pick right now. But if he <laughs> doesn't, I mean, I think it's about time we might have to see a running back come off the board right here because I think there are some. Um, couple guys who might be interesting and he did it he went with Braylon Allen at the top of the second round so Chris Braylon Allen being your one your uh your RB1 talk about it yeah. why is he your guy at the top uh just everything I've watched him do at Wisconsin from when he entered that program what he did as a freshman at a very young age little bit of you know he's got a good amount of tread on the tires he's coming into the NFL again 20 years old solid powerful Solid 10-yard split, 1.49 second 10-yard split. So he's going to be able to get that burst to hit that hole. He doesn't have that breakaway speed. He's going to get caught by defenders quite a bit. Even he did at the collegiate level, it's going to happen in the NFL. So that's where the class kind of struggles a little bit at the top end. Some of these guys missed that top end speed. You got Jonathan Brooks there who just went right after Braylon Allen. But uh, for me, what he was able to do at a young age, the young breakout, uh, two seasons over there, 2,500 yards, over 20 over 20 touchdowns. He doesn't have that pass-catching profile that you want from your three-down fantasy wow. running back, but he checks all the boxes for me other than the receiving box. So Braylon Allen is my RB1. Yeah, and Jorge, I wanted to ask you, because you had mentioned a little bit different of an, of an RB2 um, for the rest of the consensus right now. So Jorge, who is your RB1 right now in this class? Uh, it's Trey Benson. Um, you know, one of the things we have to take into consideration when we're talking about fantasy is what is the likelihood that your running back is going to get on the field? Uh, I don't want to spoil a couple other running backs that I'm targeting in the later rounds here, but you look at Trey Benson, really good pass blocker. That's going to keep you on the field. That's going to give you opportunities. When you look at his breakaway run percentage, it's near the tops of all the running backs in the class His yards after contact per attempt. Again, right at the top. Um, you know, he he checks all the boxes in terms of being able to give you the big plays, give you the fantasy output. And that's what I want with these high value picks or high uh, draft picks. And it's so funny because I've heard three different answers tonight because my RB1 is Jonathan Brooks right now. I know he's going to miss a good chunk of this first season, but I'm looking at a guy when I see him on film. I think he's the most explosive back in this draft personally. And I like the way he moves inside of the hole to make himself a little bit of space here and there. Um, also had a similar thing last year with Tajay Spears, where I saw a guy who moved well whenever he was inside of a hole. So um, pause. So for that, I'm just going to go ahead. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and just I'm big Jonathan Brooks guy because I think he has a lot of upside for the league. So to recap so far in this second round, as Drew gets ready to make his pick, Keon Coleman went to the top of the second. Then a bit of a running back run with Braylon Allen, Jonathan Brooks and Trey Benson. Followed by Rome Wilson at the 205 and A.D. Mitchell 
at the 206. Um, so I guess the guy who has probably been the biggest riser since the senior ball has kind of held steady since then has been Roman Wilson. So, uh, Michael, ultimately with the combine this weekend, and if he has a good, good combine, where do you probably see him? What's his ceiling in terms of rookie drafts? Yeah, I think you might be, you're going to be disappointed if you want Roman Wilson to be your wide receiver one. Um, in reality, he's probably a wide receiver three, both in the NFL and on your fantasy team. He could play inside and outside, but to me, he projects like a slot receiver, and that's fine. Guys make a lot of money being NFL slot receivers. He could be the next Michael Thomas, for all we know. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there's always that possibility you get into a good spot and good things can happen. I like what I saw from Roman Wilson, and a lot of knocks on him are didn't have a lot of targets. He didn't catch a whole lot of passes. He played exactly like the Michigan offense asked him to play. Michigan wide receivers, they're big, they're physical. And when someone says, name one good Michigan wide receiver, hey, Nico Collins, go check out what he did last year. And, Red, I do want to just touch on your J.J. McCarthy pick. I loved it at the 109. Um, <clears throat> if I could get J.J. McCarthy landing spot dependent at the 109, I'm going to take him. I think he has some of the best pocket presence in the class. He's not skittish at all back there. I actually think that is the one trait that he has that is better than Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams holds on to the ball too long. I think he has 33 fumbles in his career as a starting quarterback. Not good. And, uh, you know, J.J. McCarthy, I love that pick at the 109. If he goes to the Vikings, like a lot of people are speculating, sign me up. Yeah, you know, I agree with you. Go ahead. Right. To piggyback off of what you were just saying about J.J., um, you know, under pressure, he has a you know, completion percentage of 71.2%. That's excellent. You know, you, you want your quarterbacks to be able to handle the pressure. And going back to Caleb Williams, when you're looking at intermediate throws, aka the throws that are helping you move the ball down the field, he's responsible for 39 sacks this year or 39 pressures, excuse me. Yeah, um, not great. You know, that, that is something, you know, if you can't handle the pressure, and especially if you're going to be going to these teams early in the draft that don't have a great offensive line. Mm. What, like you mean like the Chicago Bears? Or the Commanders? <laughs> yeah. yeah I just, to, me, to me, Caleb Williams needs to go to a team that is a veteran team that needs that quarterback, that young quarterback, to come in and give him a boost. Caleb Williams cannot be the start-over quarterback for a team. I don't think that's going to be beneficial for him, and I don't think that's going to be beneficial for whatever team drafts him. I think he needs to go somewhere and sit for a year. To be honest with you, we could say that about all of these quarterbacks getting drafted. You remember Trick when me. they do that? What's that? No, I, I just said Drake May because that's how <laughs> I yeah, I mean Drake May. He would benefit from a year of starting as well. I, I think all these guys really would uh, benefit from that. To be honest with you, it's nothing wrong with having a quarterback sit for a year. Let let an older vet, let a Josh McCown come in and get beat up, and you could learn from the sidelines. You know? He's a, he's the new quarterbacks coach, I think. And, and was it Minnesota? He just got hired today. Was... He is, yeah. I saw that. So he's not going to be taking any steps with them. So no, unfortunately, I like. All to... right. So recapping the end of this second round after Rome Wilson, we had Adnan Mitchell at the two six, Bucky Irving, Blake Corum at the two seven and two eight, Jatavian Saunders at the two nine, Jalen Polk at the two ten. Low surprising there. Um, Jalen Ride the 211 and Audric Estimate at the 212. Um, Drew, we had kind of discussed the second round being the uh, sweet spot for running backs, whether there was going to be one the first round or not. Um, does seven running backs in the second round surprise you? Uh, not too much. No, I mean, th these are kind of the guys I expected to come off the board. I love the Estimate pick at, at 212. Um, 
I, I had him right after Bucky Irving. So I, I, I like that pick quite a bit. But no, I mean, I think that this this is kind of the sweet spot here in the second round. It's going to be a lot of fun to attack the running backs. And a lot can change once the combine and the NFL draft happens and we get a better feel of what the NFL thinks of this. I was just more annoyed that I had to pick after Chris in the third round because I knew that, that meant I had no chance to get Malachi Corley. I knew exactly what this man was doing before he ever did it. And I cannot stand him for it. Um, I thought you were going to take him in the second there, Drew. I, I still got Bucky over him, but he's if if Red would have asked me the same question that he asked everybody else about the combine, Malachi Corley and one other guy, one other receiver that hasn't been picked yet. I don't want to talk across the board, but one other receiver that hasn't been picked yet, along with him, are two guys that are back in wide receiver once for me. That I'm just looking for like some excuse to move them up because uh, I I really like their game, and so those are two guys, Malachi Corley and one other guy that I'll oh, talk about once he gets Mike. picked. Uh, are two yeah. guys that I like quite a bit. And I now the, it serves you right, Chris. I'm so glad Mike broke your heart. I know that you hated that pick. So that, that's exactly what you get. Mike, you, you broke Chris's heart with that third round pick. So tell me, Ben Sennett, tied in three off the board. Third round, um, is he rising? Why you have him in the third round? Was a little earlier than I was expecting, to be honest. So admittedly, Ben Sennett is my tight end two in the class. And that's Ooh. no disrespect to JT Sanders. I'm not saying he's going to be the next Sam Laporta. I'm saying he could have a Sam Laporta-type ascension where after the combine, if he gets a good landing spot, people are going to start to put some respect on his name. For the record, I considered him at 204. However, at the 204, it's all about knowing who you're drafting with. I had a feeling that he might be there at the 304 yet if I didn't take him. So I went and I got a guy who I think could be a starting running back both in the NFL and on your fantasy team. And I got my guy in the next round. If this was an actual draft, I probably would have tried to trade back into the back end of the second round, draft Benson at there and get some additional draft capital because there's a lot of sleeper running backs in the fourth, fifth rounds. And as UDFAs that I think could be something this year. Yeah, it's a beautiful strategy. Ben Simmons, one of those guys that I saw on tape and immediately popped. Love a him. guy who was actually the best, uh, was the first team all Big 12 tight end this year over Jatavian Sanders. So people love the measurables. They love the projectability with Sanders. But if you're looking at a guy who can come in be a day one finished product, I think Senate is one of those guys for sure. So, Chris, I'm going to bounce to you right now on this 305. It's a guy we've had a lot of discussion about. Um, I think a guy who has a lot to prove this weekend at the Combine and Javon Baker. Talk about him. I mean, I want to hear Drew's thoughts because he really liked that Javon Baker pick. And when I picked him in our startup, uh, I, I received a very generous offer for both Malachi Corley and Javon Baker. So, Drew, I appreciate Rhett bouncing the question to me there, but I would love to hear your thoughts on Javon Baker, man. What did that What did that great offer get me, though? It didn't get me Javon Baker or Malachi Corley, did it? <laughs> you you no, stubborn it bastard. Not. It did not. No, it did not. Uh, I, I I love his strength. I love his how he can fight in contested catches. I love how comfortable he is going up and getting the ball. Uh, I, I really like to see, you know, how he shined once he transferred from Alabama. He was the other he was the other guy I didn't want to talk across the board about Malachi Corley and Javon Baker, two guys I'll be watching closely at the combine because I just I want just any excuse I can get to push these guys up. I like them both quite a bit. So I did not like that pick because I was hoping one of those two guys would make it to me, uh, but they did not. So, you know, you live and you learn. Yeah. Um, as we get into the end of this third round, uh, Jorge, there are a lot of interesting picks going on um, in this third round. A lot of guys who um, admittedly have some upside, did themselves some good at the senior bowl. Um, 
One of them that I'm looking at is Ray Davis at the 310, which we had one pick before that, Bo Nix. Um, how do you feel about okay. Ray Davis? I know he's a little bit older. Yeah, so he's a little bit older, not as great at pass blocking. But again, I want the, you know, especially we're talking third round. I want explosive. I want explosive in every round. I want, I want chasing upside. I don't want to think about limitations. I want to take it for, for all these guys have. Uh, and he's right there, you know, with number four in uh, breakaway win percentage. He's very good when uh, yards after contact per attempt. He's great in the receiving game, uh, 1.36 yards per route run. Uh, just he's an older guy, but third round, give me some upside here. You know, uh, I, I don't see what's wrong with taking him at this point. I love um, the so, Ray Davis pick for the record. Love yeah, it. It has nothing to do with me being a Kentucky fan. I just have to love showing. So recapping this third round really quickly, Xavier Leggett at the 3-1, Malachi Corley at the 3-2, Marshawn Lloyd at the 3-3, Ben Sennett 3-4, Javon Baker 3-5, Michael Penix 3-0-6, Tez Walker at the 3-7, Ricky Pearsall 3-8, Will Shipley and Ray Davis at the 3-9 and 3-10, Bo Nix at the 3-11, and then at the 3-12 we have Spencer Rattler. So guys, I want to go ahead and touch on the end of this third round. Um, in the first mock we did uh, with the um, with the guys, Mike Cash and all them, Bo Nix was a first-round guy in this draft. He is now a late third-round guy. So um, let's go ahead and ask the question. Between now and then over the past month, uh, Tyler, what's changed with Bo Nix? I think people are kind of seeing him as a lot – a lot of people are talking about him as more of a system and a backup quarterback. And there's not a whole lot to really argue against that. So I just think Bonix has a limited ceiling. The hope for him to go into a team and be their franchise quarterback just is kind of waning. And I feel his draft price is reflecting that. I mean, yeah, he's one of these guys that, I mean, yeah, he had a great season, but I've also remember Bo Nix being a very different guy at Auburn as well. And we have to kind of take into account. Um, and I'm just kind of curious if Jaden Daniels had such a good fifth year and he is up at the one three and Bo Nix is down at the three eleven. I mean, it's worth asking the question, Drew, what is the difference between a Jaden Daniels and a Bo Nix? Cause we're talking about both guys that have big arms, both guys who've been very accurate, both guys who are very, very good with their legs. So why is one of them at the top of the draft after winning the Heisman and one toward the bottom of the draft after being the Heisman runner-up? Uh, I mean, I just trust Jaden Daniels, the player, more personally just off the film I've watched. I can't speak for everybody, but just with, with Bo Nix, you know, he has the tools. I mean, he's a high-level athlete, but he struggles. to. From what I've seen, he struggles to throw across the middle of the field, and it's just somebody that I don't trust as much if I have to pick one or the other. I'm, I'm comfortable with where Jaden Daniels went uh, in, in this draft. I might have considered taking uh, – him and Drake May are in the same tier, but – as far as Bo Nix, I, I, he's a guy that I'm just kind of passing on and I'm prepared to be wrong about. I don't really want anything to, to do with him in that front. So uh, I, I, I think I think drafters are making the right choice here. Well, yeah, I think – Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt, but going back to Bo Nix, you know, a lot of his performance was on the short to intermediate throws. He wasn't really known as like the, the deep ball thrower that Jaden Daniels is. But when he – you know, in the areas of the field – that he threw the ball the most. He was very efficient. Now he was like ranking third amongst all these rookie quarterbacks in the power five. 
and several efficiency metrics. And you look at, you know, going back to a system type quarterback, look, it's, it's pretty easy when you got Troy Franklin, one of the best yards after the catch wide receivers to take it to the house for you. If he lands in a situation like that, like a, like a Denver Broncos where they, you know, Sean Payton's known for throwing the ball on these short passes and these playmakers taking it upfield. I mean, that could be a potential landing spot as well as, again, a, a situation that might favor his skill set more than the others. And in the third round in a super flex, I mean. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And so we're looking here at the fourth round right now. Um, Brendan Rice, Jalen McMillan, Jamari Thrash, three wide receivers to start off the third round. Uh, Michael, which one is your favorite among those three and why? My favorite is my pick at the 4-4, but I like uh, Brendan Rice the most out of those three, to be honest with you. And, you know, let's forget the fact that he's Jerry Rice's kid. He's a good wide receiver in his own right. Um, He's big. He's physical. He's not the fastest guy. Good hands. He can kind of shed some contact a little bit. Not a big yak guy, per se. I like Jalen McMillan. He doesn't run through contact very well after the catch. That's the only concern I have with him. He's pretty slender as well. Um, and Jamari Thrash is good. He still needs some time to develop, I think. But all three of these guys are going to be great fourth-round picks. Guys, you're probably going to throw in the taxi anyway. And like I always tell everybody, look, if you're starting guys that are in the fourth round of your rookie draft this upcoming year, you have to probably reevaluate how you built your roster because we got some problems. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Uh, but although I will say this is that somehow last year I was able to get Jaden Reed in the fourth round of a rookie draft. But once again, that was just a matter of knowing uh, my draft room as that's, well with that. That's yeah. a good deal right there. I mean, yeah. When yeah. I saw it, I actually traded up right there to get that because there was no way I was going to pass up a guy with second round draft capital at that point. So going through the end of this first round, as we, this fourth round, as we uh, wrap up this first mock draft, since we can have time for a little bit more tonight, um, at the 4-4, Cody Schrader, which Michael said he loves. Um, Malik Washington at the four five, one of my favorite sleeper wide receivers in this draft. Frank Gore Jr. at the four six. Uh, Drew Isaiah Davis at the four seven, an FCS guy, a high production yep. guy, a guy that I saw on tape and didn't necessarily impress me with how fast he was. But this late, you got to take a chance on the upside. So, what do you like about him? Yeah, I mean, the long speed's not there by any means, but he was extremely productive. I like his patience on his tape. His pass protection is. You know, it's something that isn't always a check mark for a lot of guys coming in as rookies, but I think is a strength of his as well. So just some reps that I could see him earning some playing time if he does stick as a day three guy or an undrafted free agent, uh, somebody that I'm I'm okay throwing a dart throw at it in the fourth round. Absolutely. And so to wrap up this fourth round, we had um Jermaine Burton out of Alabama um, going at the 4-7. Uh, Johnny, Johnny at the 4-8, I'm sorry. Johnny Wilson at the 409, 6'7". I'm simply going to say if he gets moved to tight end in the NFL, there's some sneaky value there. Speaking of tight ends, we have Cade Stover at the 4-10. Uh, Dylan Lobb at the 4-11. And then Dallin Holker with this tight end premium at the 4-12. So let's go ahead and let's just ask the question. Um, at the 4-11, Dylan Lobb. Uh, Jorge, he's one of these guys that is a high production guy, did a lot of very good uh, stuff in terms of uh, pass catching and everything in his final season at New Hampshire, played a little bit of slot. Uh, pass catchers are always going to find a spot in the NFL, huh? I mean, think Danny Woodhead when you think of Dylan Lobb. I think that's probably a pretty apt comp there. Like, like you said, the receiving pass catchers, uh, yeah, what you just said is, is, is spot on. Yeah. 
So, all right. So that wraps up that first draft. So, uh, Mike, I want to go ahead and ask you, you're the, you are guest of honor over here tonight. Um, what was the most surprising uh, pick in this draft for you overall? Um, let's see for me. I don't know. Probably. I think lab McConkey went, sorry, Jorge, just a little bit earlier. That's fine. That That's fine. That I'd be taking him right now, but, um, everything else is kind of falling into place for the most part, to be honest with you right now. I just feel like we're not getting any super, like I did a mock last weekend. Somebody took Jaden Daniels, the one one um, was not me, uh, but there's not really <laughs> anything else that stands out uh, incredibly surprising, to be honest with you. We'll start to see some running backs sneak into the first round after the draft. I think more consistently though. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so, guys, as we go ahead and start to um, – we have a little bit of time, so we're going to go ahead and start up on a second mock draft in a little bit. So, just let's go ahead stay and uh, – what's that? Just stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned. The show will go on, we promise. Well, Rhett, what was your surprise uh, draft pick here? You know, you asked, Mike, what's yours? I mean – I, whenever I was sitting there and you took Ladd at 111, who was a guy that I was really high on, I also thought that was a little bit high for that. But I'm going to go go ahead and say that late in the second round, um, I thought Jalen Polk was probably going to be a little bit lower. And at the 3-1, I mean, I've never been much of a Xavier Leggett guy at all throughout this draft process. So here at the 301, I know that he's run really fast. I also saw a guy who wasn't very productive through his first three years of college and had one final season he broke out in a big way so for me that was just it was an interesting play right there so um i thought xavier leggett in that spot was very um interesting at the 301 because i'm not sure once we get there that that is going to be the uh that that's going to be the case but as we go to we're going ahead we're going to set up the second mock draft right now guys and let me see here okay and as we share this screen and we see all these um, these picks occupy, and then we see a little bit of a shakeup here where Chris Battistow decides he's going to be oh the you one get away from me, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to pick Corley again. <laughs> oh, get, get away from me, man. I'm in, I'm in the Corley zone now. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I love it. I was going to pick yeah. him in the second, and then Baker in the third. Now we kind of know like who is high on who. I wonder how much of this uh, this draft is going to change from the first draft. Uh, but it should be another fun one. I'm looking forward to uh, the combine starting. Then we get into free agency, which is also going to affect the value of some of these rookies. Uh, but we're getting close, man. We're in the needy greedy. Um, so, are we gonna are we gonna drop that second link in the chat so that way people can uh, go ahead and get into it if they want to? Yeah. Do we have everybody here on the? Do we have everybody here on the stream in the in the chat in the in the draft? I, I guess, guess just the, Bowers got to hop in there. Just having some technical difficulties over here, and then I will be right there. Am I not yeah. in there? That's so weird. Yeah, I, I think that is one. Is that not true? I believe Jamie's trying to bring his pants party into the second mock draft tonight, which is interesting. So we'll see where that oh, yeah, goes. He's at the 102. His pants, his pants are off. He's ready. Oh we man, one spot left for uh, Mr. Bauer. Yeah, I don't know why. I'm, it's just not. All right, let me try. 
That's oh, so weird because on my phone it shows I'm the 101, but I don't see that on your board there. Am I not in the right room? Scroll no, you're good. Not yeah, just not all the way. Yeah, he's got to scroll over. Yeah. All right, we're good to go. You guys ready? I'm gonna start it. I, I don't. It's I don't have five, the 101 five second screen. pick clock. All right, five second pick clock. So it's gonna be a high stress situation. <laughs> I want to see how you all handle it. Okay, ready? I, I love it. I yeah. love it. You're you're on the clock first, or hey, five seconds, man. You better get that, that itchy trigger finger. I'm ready. Don't worry, I got it. We're good. <laughs> oh, oh did you get it. Brett, there's my biggest surprise of the draft. Jorge, explain yourself already. Is Jane Daniels your quarterback one, or are you just going crazy right now? What's happening? Yeah, he, he's my quarterback one. Like you put him on a bad team with a bad offensive line. Guess what? He can evade. He can evade pressure. He can get upfield. You know. You know. You mentioned, or I forget who mentioned, like he takes hits. Like. Yeah, you show me the highlight reel of the six hits he took last year. Okay, well, show me all the other highlight reels of him evading and being elusive and getting away from pressure. I think you're going to see that that outnumbers those hits quite quite by quite a bit. Um, and you like the accuracy downfield. You like the accuracy and the performance under pressure. And that's what really matters to me. Uh, and everything else just kind of fills in when you look at his uh, his stats and what he can do. Now, I am going to say this, Jorge, is that I watched a lot of Jane Daniels over this past two years, and I think there are going to be people that agree with me when say there are times where he just holds on to that ball a little bit too long. Does that concern you? No. I, we're talking about fantasy, right? I don't, I don't care from an NFL standpoint if he gets sacked. I care about him getting the rushing yards. I care about him getting the deep balls to <laughs> – to his uh, receiver sack ratio has been something that's been you know relatively reliable though for quarterbacks it's very interesting because I, I, I agree with you jorge but it's a very interesting dynamic to kind of consider whenever you look at the pressure to sack ratio for uh for Jaden daniels it's it's definitely uh, still, a question so worth asking variables with that well he, 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 there he is absolutely no they're out on drew yeah oh yeah you want to Caleb, yeah, there you go. There it is. It, it said it said time was up on your screen, but on my screen it said I had like twenty seconds left. I was just hanging out because I had the easiest pick possible. <laughs> I was just letting the conversation happen, <laughs> letting the conversation happen in the background because my pick was was already made the second that it made it to me. I couldn't believe that I could get Caleb Williams at the one hundred four. So that's my my one hundred one. Like my my tier one, like my tier one in my dynasty rankings is only always who are the players I'm comfortable taking in a one at the one hundred one and in superflex. Uh, in in this format, my my tier one is is one player, and it's the guy I got at one hundred four. So I'm good with that. Yeah, I mean the thing is, is I just need to keep asking Hori because his his quarterback, um, his quarterback, I guess <laughs> scouting over the course of this draft has been uh, unbelievable. You know, he's been playing that Silky Johnson role, player hater of the year on Drake May. So Jorge, go ahead. I'm gonna give Yo. you the stage. Um, Drake May, what's your beef, man? Look, uh, what does he do for fantasy that's exciting? Yes, he he has some volume, yes, but he played at the ACC, in the ACC. Like, he, he passed the ball a lot. He had a lot of passing volume. I will say that, you know, under pressure, uh, his adjusted completion percentage is pretty decent, uh, especially with 90, 90 attempts uh, under pressure. You look at, uh, you know, pressures allowed, the sacks that he's responsible for, that's another big one. Uh, 30 at pressures allowed when you're talking about intermediate throws. 
you mentioned Jaden Daniels holding on to the ball too much. Well, in situations where he's responsible for moving this offense down the field, he only had 15. I mean, that's kind of like one of the lowest ones you could have for a quarterback last year. So um, I'm not really as concerned as far as the pressures is concerned because I just don't see it as much, or at least I did not see it last year with Jaden Daniels. Um, yeah. If that answers you, Drake, may also some Jaden Daniels thrown in there. Yeah. Um, and guys, this draft is just, it's already off the rails with Jaden Daniels at the 101. <laughs> People decided to go crazy. I mean, Xavier Worthy at the 106. Um, Michael, I'm going to go ahead and ask you, what kind of performance at the combine would it take for, and what kind of draft capital would it take for Xavier Worthy to make it this high up a draft board once these fantasy drafts start rolling post NFL draft? You know, he'd have to be a first-round pick, but the problem is I don't see him being more than a wide receiver three on an NFL team just with the way he plays. Um, I do just want to make one mention of what uh, Jorge is saying. What exciting things does Drake May do? Jorge, Drake May is actually a good runner too. Let's not forget about that. He has 1,200 career rushing yards for a guy that's six foot five. He doesn't look like he should have 1,200 career rushing yards in two years of starting. And he also has some pretty trash wide receivers. He's not throwing it to Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas Jr. His best receiver is a tight end, Bryson Nesbitt, who isn't that great. He's a mid-tight end, as the youths like to say. So Ooh. I think you're being a little too hard on Drake May. He's going to look great in a commander's uniform. And then you, you have to no, he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> Don't you put that hex on us. I am putting he's that boring. hex on you. He's boring. Shot a little buff. Shot a little buff. Got the got the deal of the draft. Well, I mean, second deal of the draft. I got the deal of Caleb at four, but Aldunze. I thought. I I thought about it. I thought about it long and hard, but for me, Odunze is a fade if he doesn't go to Miami and get a left-handed quarterback because the spin from the ball from the right-handed quarterback is going to come (laughs) off weird. I don't know if he's going to be able to read it properly. (laughs) Roma Dunze would benefit from not. Having Michael <laughs> Penix Jr. as a quarterback, I agree. I agree, one hundred percent. If he goes to the Giants, are we still high on him with with Daniel Jones throwing the ball? Uh, yeah. I'm going to say this is that he goes into the Giants, he's the wide receiver one immediately. Sure. So Daniel Jones or not, the bottom line is whenever you're making these drafts, volume is going to matter. And so for me, whether he ends up a New York Giant or whether he ends up a Kansas City Chief, I mean, those are two very different extremes you're looking at right there. But you would love him in both of those cases for very, very different reasons. Not saying that Dunze is going to fall to KC, but like I'm saying, a good quarterback situation versus a poor quarterback situation with bad receivers. I mean, it kind of ends up washing out in some ways. So let's go ahead and recap this first round because we have a very interesting one uh, with Jaden Daniels at the 101, Marv at the 102, Neighbors at the 103, Caleb at the 104, Drake at the 105, Xavier Worthy 1-6, Bowers, Adunze, Thomas, McCarthy pretty consistent tonight at that 1-9-1-10 range, Troy Franklin, and I just went ahead and did it. I'm going to go ahead and Jonathan Brooks at the 112 because like I said, I think he is a guy that RB1. ultimately he's my RB1. And he's going to be in my RB1. And it's simple as this. Once that knee heals, and I don't care about ACL injuries anymore, because I saw Cam Akers come back and be pretty dang good off of a torn Achilles for a little while there. Modern medicine has come so far. Until he tore the other one, right? Until he tore the other one, yes. (laughs) We don't have to talk about that. 
But that being said, modest, modern medicine has come so far, and you can tell me that he tore an ACL. I saw Tajay Spears entered the NFL draft coming off of a career with two torn ACLs and averaged four and a half yards a carry and catch 45 balls last year as a rookie. And it's going to have a great position in the league this year. So you can go torn ACL all you want. I don't care because I think this is a guy that is too talented to be ignored in terms of uh, draft capital when it's all said and done. I think I think we got we 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 got guys dug in on Lab McConkey and Roman Wilson. It don't mm-hmm. matter where they are in the second round, back of the first round. <laughs> you find you find Lad in the you find you find Jorge in the Lad territory. You find Jamie in the Roman Wilson territory. They're going to take them no matter what. They got the little sticky note off draft day. Roman Wilson, no matter what. Lab McConkey, no matter what. Uh, I guess for me in this instance, it's going to be uh, Ad Mitchell, no matter what. At this point, uh, I, don't, I don't really know if I'm on board with the CD Lamb comparisons I've been seeing, even though I, I get kind of where it's coming from just in terms of play styles. But I, I do like Eddie Mitchell here um, where, where the board is falling. So, Tyler, go ahead and tell me we haven't talked to you in a while. Um, between Ladd and Roman, who who do you prefer and why? Uh, I think I'm going to roll with Roman Wilson uh, just from what I've seen with his performance in the all-star games that's been very impressive uh it was the wider seat it was the top target for national championship team uh, and he's been he's done nothing but impress every step of the way so i'm really liking roman wilson and lad mcconkey the the injuries scare me a bit um chris battistel take lock of the year malachi corley is he just going to be your second round guy <laughs> no matter where you pick this year or what in that second round just depends yeah, on if I'm I mean, in the draft with him or not. Yeah, no, no, don't flatter yourself, Drew. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it, it depends really who's there, where I'm drafting. Uh, I'm going to take Braylon Allen, Jonathan Brooks, these kind of guys. Before Malachi Corley, if Malachi Corley's there at the 2-7, I'm going to grab him, man. He's productive in college. If you played like like Mike C2C or any kind of college fantasy, you've, you've seen what he can do on the field. Just a yak monster, a guy who's going to create magic when he gets the ball in his hands. So give that to me over a lot of these, you know, the draft is full of these big body prototypical NFL wide receivers. Give me the guy that can do it all in Malachi Corley. Uh, there's been some, uh, some, some stuff on Twitter where he could be the wide receiver that ends up, you know, back end of rookie first. So taking him here in the second, taking him there in the third in February, as of right now, seems like a, a, a value to me. And guys, it's just so fascinating it, right man. now that as I look through this board, um, pretty much the same players as we had in the last draft, but due to different uh, draft oh, slots, guys, this is different. a completely different looking board this time around. Um, Jorge, I got like, what's changed outside of the draft slots? Are people just trying to diversify or what? I don't know. Absolutely. That's exactly what this is. I mean, come on, you got to diversify your bonds. If you watched <laughs> the Chappelle show from back in the day, this is the second Chappelle show reference of the night. So I'm here for it completely. Trey Benson you guys- making it to the back of the second round. I thought that was uh, a great value. I think the only reason he didn't make it that far last draft is because uh, Mike was a little earlier in the second round. I think he took him there too, but I, I, I love Trey Benson. So I, I love to see, yep. I love to see that pack. I thought that was a, a great value at the back of the second. 
And speaking of great values at the back of the second, I know we just kind of poo-pooed him a little bit, but if you're going to get a guy who has a chance to be a first-round pick at the end of the second round in uh, Michael Penix, then you're going to go ahead and I'm going to take that. No, you, 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 you said speaking of great values, and then you said Phoenix. So that's the, those two things don't mesh. That's not. That's this not, is an Amsterdam, right? Does not compute, right? Great value, Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we are. To recap that second round, we had Lad McConkey, Roman Wilson, Bucky Irving, Bucky Irving, Eddie Mitchell, Keon Coleman, oh, falling to the middle of the I second. Um, Braylon Allen, 2-6. Malachi Corley, 2-7. Blake Corum, 2-8. Bo Nix. Trey Benson, Jatavian Sanders, and Michael Phoenix rounding out the second round. And moving into the third, once again, Jalen Wright, Jorge, this is your guy. So tell me, you have him as, as your RB2. I know you discussed it a little bit pre-show, but go ahead and put it out there. Um, why are you so high on him versus some of these other guys? Well, you know, I, I, look, I, let, me, let me preface this you know, very clearly. I do not pretend to be a quote-unquote tape film evaluator person. I have my wheelhouse of how I like to look at players, and I stick with it in my wheelhouse. I will say this. From what I have watched in a lot of his games this year, this guy can do it bouncing to the outside, but he's very consistent in going through the A-gaps and not being afraid to shy away from tackles. He's very elusive in the middle, going up the middle against the tough defensive lines. And then we talked about earlier his breakaway run rate, his efficiency both running the ball and receiving the ball, very elusive running back. and I think. You know, the, the notion that he could be a third down back, I I, I think he could do more than that. You know, he, he's very well built. Um, yeah, I, I'm very, needless to say, I'm very high and, and right. Uh, then I want to bounce to Michael and Todd. I want to ask each of you right now, um, Michael, first, who is your favorite sleeper running back uh, in this draft class? Oh, um, let me go to the running back page here. Um, so I'm a big Dylan Johnson fan. I've been kind of forcing Dylan Johnson in all the fourth rounds of the Dinosaur on Rookie Mocks, calling it non-consensual Dylan Johnson, because whether you want it to happen or not, I'm going to make sure he has ADP. <laughs> I like him. There's a guy, Rasheed Ali from Marshall. He did get hurt. Love him. Bowl, though. Um, I haven't watched Dylan Lobb yet, or as I've been calling him, Dylan Lube. But there is another guy, <laughs> Kamani Vidal from Troy. He was very good as well. And then just kind of looking at the list here, um, I liked Carson Steele. I think he should have came back for another year. I'm an Isaiah Davis fan as well. And another guy who I think the NFL might like a little bit more than we might, that's Jason McClellan from Alabama. He's probably going to project as a third down back, better receiver than runner. But guys like that seem to have a shelf life. They always get kicked around. Draft him late, pick him up as UDFA. He has a big game. You ship him out for something you like better. Yep. Tyler? Well, seeing as Mike just named all of them, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say <laughs> I actually like watching in Will Shipley. I like his receiving ability. Uh, he's shown that over the past couple of years that he can catch the ball. Is he going to be an every down back? No, absolutely not. Uh, is he going to be a primary runner? No, nah, probably not. Is he going to be a back that gets in there on receiving downs and can get a hundred ish rush attempts a year. Yeah. I think he's capable of that. So give me a guy that can be a back end RB two high end RB three and I'll roll with that and see what happens. 
Right. And I'm sitting here and I, I love the Will Shipley thing because like we said, pass catchers, um, at the end of the day, there have been stats that have been around for years that say that a pass, a pass caught, whether it's half PPR or four PPR, just a matter of yardage. You get more yardage out of a reception than you do out of a carry. So any any pass catch, any running back that has that pass catching upside is a guy that I'm going to be in on, on the end of the day. And speaking of being in on guys at the end of this third round, we Sick. talked about him a little bit earlier, but I'm going to go Let's ahead go and just close this draft out with Ray Davis because he's one of my favorite guys in this draft that in that third round, if you have a chance to get him, it's going to be. Um, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be a guy that the NFL absolutely loves. So to recap this so, third round, uh, go ahead. I, I just I, I have to point. I can't go into the segment talking about Javon Baker, where he went in the third round. He has no business being that deep. That, that we're gonna look back in two weeks from now and be like, what the hell was he doing going there? It was such a good value. And then Ray <laughs> Davis closed it out. I'm a Kentucky guy, so of course that gets me excited. But the, the back end of that third round. Had me all sorts of hot and bothered with those two picks. I like that a lot. Yeah, certainly a good one. So to close everything out, I mean, two mock drafts in in an hour, guys. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's go around the frames real quick. Let's go ahead and let's talk about some final thoughts real quick, starting with Michael. Um, two rounds, a lot of data tonight. Um, what's something you learned tonight that you didn't think you previously knew before? Well, I learned that Jorge is a get-your-guy type dynasty player when he drafts. That's for sure. I did not know that previously. I do want to mention one other guy, um, Blake Watson from Memphis. I know he's going to get the Kenneth Gainwell comps because he played at Memphis. Please don't be lazy when you comp players. Just don't do hell scouting. <laughs> legs don't stop. Great receiving back, good burst through the line. Look for Blake Watson late in your draft. He's going to be a riser after the draft, I think. Um, but you know what I really learned? Mock drafts, they're fun. They help you get values in case you're making trades right now. But we don't know a damn thing until after the draft. Right, because right. we just saw two completely different things happen <laughs> in the space of 20 minutes. It's unbelievable. Well, the mock that we did this past weekend for Monday's video, you know, we're talking about the third, fourth round. Like, man, that's my guy's still here. I love this guy. I love that guy. And we're all excited about these late round picks. We're saying buy late round picks. And then the draft happens and your actual draft happens and you have the four two and you're like, I don't want this pick. Does anybody want this? I'll take a fab dollar for the four two. So it's just amazing how things can change so fast. Yeah. Chris, uh, coming out of these two mocks tonight. I mean, is it safe to say that Malachi Corley is absolutely your favorite player in this draft or what? I wouldn't say overall favorite player, but he's up there, man. Uh, he's a guy that I'm going to try to acquire a lot of in any of the rookie drafts that I am a part of, which is not many. Uh, but the ones I am in, if I have the opportunity to take them, I'm going to grab them, man. Yeah. So, um, Tyler, moving into you now. Sorry, um, Drew. Any, any surprises? Any shockers overall? Anything else you learned different? What's going on? I think my main takeaway was uh, this: it's a good exercise. It's a good visualization. Uh, it's kind of fun that the Dynasty 365 crew just did a startup draft, and we were drafting rookie picks in our draft. And I feel pretty good. We hit hit it pretty hard in the second round. We got a 2-5, a 2-7, a 2-8, and a 2-10. And in both of these drafts, I'm really liking these players that came away in those spots. So it it's a good visualization exercise and also it makes me feel good about something that our dynasty crew just did. Yeah, absolutely. So Jorge, I need to ask you really quickly. Can we, do we have any chance if he comes and balls out of the combine this weekend 
of talking you off the Drake May ledge, yes or no? You never say never. Yeah. But right, no, just yeah. balls out has to has to occur. Uh, mm, uh, I just walked into that one. Um, yeah, never, never say never. I'll, I'll I'll leave it at that. Yeah, uh, Drew. Final thoughts on your behalf, man. Uh, I, I think for me right now, there's a very clear tier break within the top seven. If you're after the top seven picks, I love the idea of trying to trade back a little bit, acquire more capital, and get some of these second-round picks. I, I like – I mean, my my tier five goes from uh, my 11th overall player to my 17th overall player, and then tier six is 16 to 25. So if you're a maniac and you're already drafting this earlier, pre-combine, pre-NFL draft, I think that there's some – value to be able to trade back and then you know we'll let the will the nfl tell us what they think with these players here in the next coming weeks with the with the combine and the draft that's what at this point that's what i'm most looking forward to is figuring out where where the nfl stands with these guys we've been talking about for the last few weeks all right before we leave and i'm gonna go ahead and direct this to michael and uh tyler so jamie's asking between roman wilson and javon baker who has the best chance to have the genuine value of last year go ahead michael you go first Tyler, I bet you kick it off first since I still owe you running back sleepers. How's that sound? <laughs> uh, I really like the athleticism and the ability of Javon Baker, and that's kind of if we're trying to talk about the Jaden Reed value. Uh, I love the athleticism of Jaden Reed and how he's just kind of a do-it-all player, so I'm going to go ahead with uh, Javon Baker because Roman Wilson is kind of – I don't know if he has the super high ceiling with that athleticism. I'm going to agree with Tyler here. And, you know, I, I do, I do think we, we should try to shy away from who's the next, this, who's the next, that, because yeah. Javon Baker is going to be the first Javon Baker, but Javon Baker is my Who's guy. the next Puka Nakua? Who cares? You know, <laughs> that's what I'm going to tell you about. Puka Nakua. Same thing with Kyron Williams. Get me off all the Rams, except for Davis Allen. He's a screaming buy for me right now. But that being said, Javon Baker is yes, the guy that I would from those call. two. I like and I like Roman Wilson. And like I said in the last draft, these Michigan receivers do everything that Harbaugh asked them to do. But if you want a guy who has a chance to take a top off a of defense, who can spin out of contact and be a game breaker, it is Javon Baker. And oh, by the way, his teammate Kobe Hudson, who is a 2025 prospect, is almost as good as Javon Baker is as well. So keep your eyes out for him next year. What a what a way to end this mock stuff. So Michael, I just want to go ahead and ask you as we get out of here tonight. Um, first off. Plug the latest and greatest things you have going on, whether it's inside or outside of the fantasy football community. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, well, outside of the fantasy football community, I got a new job in October and I'm loving it, which is great because now I have time to work on the show sheet at work. Um, fantastic. <laughs> um, but check us out on YouTube. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere you can find a podcast. And hey, you know what? Sunday, the second our live stream starts on the NFL draft, that is when we will be releasing our 2024 rookie draft guide so look out for that we're lowering the pricing this year for everybody so going to make it more accessible to everybody it is not a physical copy just so you know it is in pdf form but hey you got a phone you got a computer you got a tablet you can find it on there so um and if you want to just take a browse and see what else we got payhip.com forward slash dynasty rewind you can see kind of the outline of what the guide looks like from last year so you know it's going to be looking like this year but it's going to be even bigger than it was last year so all right. I want to go around the frames one more time before we leave, starting with Drew and then ending with Michael. I want everybody to give me one potential hot take for the NFL combine this weekend. 
Mm. One potential hot take, and you're making me go first. Oh, man. 100%. Um, no pressure. <laughs> on the spot. Let's see. Uh, I'm going to say that one of Javon Baker and Malachi Corley ends up entering the uh, top six wide receiver conversation after this weekend. Ooh. Jorge, price is going up, Drew. <laughs> I'm the one raising the damn price. I'm I'm hustling backwards over here. Uh, Drake May is the best performing quarterback at the combine. There it is. I love it. <laughs> it really we made it. Wait, isn't he the only quarterback throwing? <laughs> Phoenix is throwing. Well, if you can call what he does throwing, then yes, he is. <laughs> Phoenix throwing. Phoenix throwing is just going to raise Drake May even more. Tyler? Uh, hot take. All right. Malik Neighbors goes absolutely nuts and really makes the conversation of, oh, should we actually be drafting him over Marvin Harrison Jr.? Chris? Mm. Someone breaks Chris Jones's combine record and we see mm. two wieners. This <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm gonna say the 40 time gets the 40 time record gets beat by a corner. By who? By a corner. Ooh, I, I got a corner taking it. All right. So before we're gonna go ahead and throw it off to um Mike, I'm gonna go ahead and say this. My hot take for the weekend is that you're gonna see Brian Thomas running the high four threes this weekend and solidify his place as a wide receiver three in this draft. Wide receiver three. Yeah, actually, my hot take was close to that. It's just um, looking at how Brian Thomas plays. He makes a lot of NFL catches, both feet inbounds. So I think that at the combine, I was going to say he's going to do enough to start to ascend and bring him up to the 103-104 range instead of the 108-109. Yeah. I like Brian Thomas a lot. Yeah, same. You and I, we're good friends because I've been a Brian Thomas guy this entire process. He's awesome. So, guys – uh, that's our show. Just remember to follow all of these people around us on Twitter, starting with Michael at Rewind CEO, Chris Battistow at FF Chris B, um, Jorge Edwards at Jorge Edwards, Drew at Drew3MR, and Tyler Heil at FF Tyler Heil, and myself at R Manual Sports. Guys, we had a blast. You guys all crushed it tonight. As usual, to all our uh, watchers and listeners, we're grateful for the opportunity that you give us to get into your ear, to your eyes and ears on these Wednesday nights. Uh, we love you. For everybody around me, Mike, Chris, Tyler, Jorge, Drew, I am Rhett Manuel. We gone. <laughs>